I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson delivered his city budget address yesterday and wants to expand existing housing programs for low-income families and provide more support to help unhoused Chicagoans. The city council has until the end of the year to approve the budget. In the meantime, what do housing advocates think? We spoke with Don Washington, executive director of the Chicago Housing Initiative, and Amber Smock, vice president of advocacy from Access Living. That's an organization that supports housing for disabled Chicagoans. And I started off by asking them, what they see as the biggest challenge facing Chicago when it comes to providing safe, affordable housing. Here's what Don had to say. Well, I think the first thing he's got to deal with is that we have like a 40, we have a 40 year um, fiscal and ideological commitment to the disinvestment in affordable and safe housing. Right. Mm -hmm. And just a disinvestment in the whole concept that people who have needs of those needs met by the public, we've marketized everything. Right. So the mayor has got to deal with the fact that there's been all of this disinvestment in these things. Before the first immigrant ever showed up, before the first migrant showed up here, we had a situation where there are 125,000 families on the CHA wait list. And mm-hmm. that's families. That means over 300,000 people on the CHA wait list. Before the first migrant ever showed up here, we have 140,000 units of affordable housing that should exist, that don't exist. Before the first migrant ever showed up here, we have a situation where in the city of Chicago, we have um, 19,000 units under the fair cost standard. The fair cost standard being the number of, a for, of a public housing units that are purely public housing that should be built and maintained by the CHA. Mm-hmm. So already we have to realize the mayor is attempting, right, to answer this 40-year gap, that's going to be the hardest thing to overcome because these, first of all, we're talking about two separate problems, right? Yeah. The migrants are a commitment to the concept that our society is not going to put any money into helping people who are immigrants, who are refugees from things that our foreign policy cause. The homeless situation, and not just the homeless situation, the situation of people who are also need low-income and affordable housing, right? Yeah. We have a 40-year commitment to saying that we don't think that this government should be providing for those people. And, and so we're clear, how many families are waiting for CHA? Um, families, 125,000 families, right? They say families so you don't think about people. I want to hear from you, Amber. What are your thoughts? Sure. So, um, so first of all, I do want to say that Access Living is a member of SHI, so I'm very pleased to be here with Don this morning. Um, we have worked with countless advocates for decades to talk about how uh, if you're going to advance housing across the city of Chicago, it has got to be accessible from the get-go. And so for people with disabilities, accessibility can mean a few different things. Obviously, there's accessibility that a lot of folks will think about in terms of, you know, needing places to live that don't have stairs to go in and out, Mm -hmm. that have accessible bathrooms, that have accessible kitchens, that have flashing lights for deaf and hard of hearing people. And for people who are experiencing homelessness or who have mental health needs, you know, the access to permanent supportive housing is also a critical need. So... The thing is, though, historically, disability access has always been considered an extra. 
It is an extra thing. It is a special thing. Not and factored we see in the results. The of, yes, yes. We have to. This is an uh, accessibility in terms of building housing in general has to be a boil the water, boil the ocean kind of effort, right? You know, everybody needs to play a part in it. And for example, if you don't know why it's important that housing not have stairs, you really need to get with the program. If you don't know why doorbells need to be accessible to people with disabilities, you need to get with the program. And the reality is that the housing that we have is simply not adequate to meeting the needs of people with all kinds of access needs. Now, you know, there are a lot of folks who will say, I don't have a disability, but maybe they cannot walk well or they have mental health issues. You know, a lot of folks have trouble saying that. So one gap that we have is also, you know, people are disempowered from speaking out for their rights. Now, Access Living has been advocating for disability access and housing since 1988. That's when the Fair Housing Amendments Act was passed. And that started saying, hey, you know, actually there are rights that people with disabilities have in housing, and people with disabilities should be able to access this kind of housing. Yeah. So, but it's not working. And you know why? It's because only 0.15% of accessible housing stock in this nation is accessible for wheelchair users, 0.15. And I want to point something out here. I am sure there are a lot of listeners out there in the community who know somebody who has survived gun violence, who's been shot and become disabled. And they come back from recovering from their injuries to inaccessible homes, and they don't know where to go. So you know what they think they have to do? They have to stay home all the time. Mm. That's what happens. So that is a very real problem that Chicago has. It's not just seniors. It's not just sort of typically people who live with disabilities all their life. People who get cancer. It's people who get shot. You know, we all need accessible housing. And, you know, the city of Chicago is not truly fundamentally making that commitment just yet. I think we're seeing some steps towards that. Right. I think advocates have been talking about it, but we need to see leadership on that front. Let's hear a little bit more of what Mayor Johnson proposed during his budget address yesterday. This budget helps secure the right housing with more than $250 million invested in homelessness supports, including an increase in the city's flexible housing pool and operational supports for our shelter network for the unhoused. What are your thoughts, Don? Uh, more than $250 million to combat homelessness. That sounds like a lot. Well, it, is it enough? It is money. It's obviously not enough. It's clearly not enough. But here's the thing. We all know the best way to create stable communities, right, is to give people permanent housing. It has, it has untold benefits in what it does, right? We can create more housing with these sorts of investments, but it's never going to be enough unless we have a real commitment by state and by federal folks. There are other things that the mayor can do that don't cost money that he didn't talk about that, that uh, has gotten our attention. Mm-hmm. One of the things is he needs to protect the public housing footprint. So deals like the OBLA deal, those sorts of deals, they can't go forward because every inch of land that used to be in the public housing footprint that goes away means that people who are supposed to be living in public housing, who are folks that no market can possibly house, lose a place for them to live. Another thing that, we could, that, he, that he could be talking about in this budget address is how are we going to get the CHA and transform it into a, a functioning entity that actually does its public purpose of providing housing for people, Right. What are we going to do? Are we going to audit? We need to audit the CHA. We need to audit its programs. 
we need to make sure that we actually know where all that money is going. And most importantly, we need to do an appraisal of the land value that we have. That's the CHA land value. So that we know what sort of money that we could be working with to actually improve other affordable housing programs across the city. Amber, I understand that Access Living has an ongoing lawsuit against the city focused on accessibility in affordable housing. Tell us a bit more about that. Sure. So uh, basically in in May of 2018, um, we finally came to, we finally came to the point where we said, hey, you know, first of all, the city doesn't seem to be, we haven't heard anything about the city enforcing accessibility in city-funded housing. Now, remember that there's the CHA housing, and then there's Department of Housing, uh, housing that comes with the city of Chicago. The CHA and the Department of Housing are two different things. But so we knew a lot of people were putting pressure on the CHA. So we said, you know, why is it that the city of Chicago which receives federal funding and is subject to disability rights requirements, keeps funding more than 500, you know, apartment buildings to provide um, affordable housing and doesn't seem to be doing anything to make sure that those uh, apartment buildings are accessible, the apartments themselves are accessible, and making sure that people with disabilities know about it. We get hundreds of calls every month at Access Living from individuals, families, folks with disabilities looking for housing, trying to find a way to, uh, you know, just find something that they can rent. And let's put it this way. Since 1988, the city hasn't done anything about it. And so what's been going on is that we filed this class action lawsuit on behalf of Chicagoans with disabilities who want to be able to get a Department of Housing, City of Chicago apartment. And during the fact discovery, we found out from the city themselves that the city does not inspect completed buildings before issuing occupancy permits to make sure that the units comply with the federal accessibility requirement. The Department of Housing doesn't check in inspections to see if uh, housing is accessible. Over the past 34 years, the city hasn't sanctioned a single owner of the apartment buildings for non-compliance with federal accessibility requirements. And the city does not notify people with disabilities or organizations like us serving them of available, accessible, affordable apartment units. And so I think the thing is, is like people are bleeding here. You know, the city has started some efforts at assessing some of these buildings. They did nine inspections last year, and it turned out that every single one of the nine mm-hmm. turned out turned out by you know Violence. flagrant violations. The thing I want to also point out is there's a lot of work that goes into public housing and affordable housing that makes sure that it's compliant for family requirements, complies with you know occupancy requirements, etc. So why isn't that level of effort expended mm-hmm. into making sure that the city's housing is accessible? Why That's is a accessibility a ghost in the air? You know, and people are suffering. And this is this is part of why we have a homeless crisis. It's because disabled people are running around out there and don't have a place to stay. Yeah, I I just I want to quick add to that. One of the things that that we don't really see in this budget is like some really dedicated funding to the Department of Housing. Housing is a fundamental human right, and it's a, certainly a crisis here in Chicago, and not just you know accessible housing and public housing, but affordable housing across the entire spectrum. The Department of Housing, that is supposed to enforce those rules, monitor those programs, 
And right now, it doesn't have a, enough heft to do the job that it needs to do. Yeah. yeah this is Amber speaking. I, I hate to cut in, Sasha, because I love you and I love Don, but they don't have enough heft. Okay, sure. But also, people are just not competent on accessibility. Agreed. You know, people just don't know what the heck to do. And this is ridiculous because the disability community nationwide has been building up standards for the last 50 years on what constitutes an accessible building mm -hmm. and an accessible home. So I, I think there's a piece here where somebody needs to step up and say, we're going to do this. And I would love for that person to be uh, Mayor Johnson. I think he's making steps, but I want him to go the whole way. So as we mentioned earlier, uh, we can't talk about housing in Chicago right now without talking about the thousands of migrants who have arrived in the past year. Some residents, including some in historically disinvested areas on the south and west sides, they say that the new arrivals, they're getting support that they never got. So here's Mayor Johnson how and how he walked the line on this yesterday. What current residents need and deserve from our city is not the same as what new arrivals need in this moment. But we must meet all demands if we truly love all people. What do you think, Don? Are, are these groups' housing concerns different? I mean, and, and what do you think might connect so, their needs? So let's, let's just start with, uh, let's get something really clear. These are two different things, right? The refugee crisis is a national problem. And the problem that we are facing is that unless the federal government grants these people refugee status, status and brings the resources of the Office of Refugee Resettlement to the city of Chicago, the city of Chicago on its own and every other municipality that's dealing with this will fail to do so, mm. right? So that's one thing. The homelessness crises, right? The housing crises. We've already talked about this earlier, right? About like before the first person got here, the different, the difficulties that we we're already facing. Right. That is a different thing. The city of Chicago, right, is trying to meet two different sets of needs. They're going to fail to meet the needs of refugees because they don't have the, 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 the fiscal tools to deal with it. They don't have the, the economic tools to deal with it. They're going to do the best they can. The idea that you have these two groups of poor, disinvested people being pitted against each other as if they've got, um, as if helping one doesn't help the other, that's, that's cruelty. And it gets back to the fact that what we really have is a situation where Mayor Johnson, right, is trying to meet the needs of people who've been disinvested in, in this country for 40 years. But, you know, for our refugee brothers and sisters, they've been disinvested by our foreign policy for 200. Mm. And all of these people are here, right? The way they all come together is we need to have a government that is interested in meeting their needs, right? Yeah. Brandon has made the first good step toward meeting the needs of some of these migrants, but it's not going to be enough without federal help. Before I let you go, I want to hear from you both on this. I mean, the mayor also said that he will prioritize passing the Bring Chicago Home resolution. Both of your organizations have said they support that measure. Uh, I want to get folks on the same page, Don. Just tell us what the resolution says briefly. So um, the resolution I'm going to steal here, the resolution, the, the resolution is going to put a 1.9% uh, tax on the sales of properties. And then that tax is going to be used um, to fund concrete, permanent, affordable housing. I see. Right? So, so Amber, fill us in. Why are so many housing groups wanting to, to pass that at city council? Because 
Yeah, so uh, it's basically because people are coming to us all the time to different, you know, organizations, not just disability organizations, it's any organization doing social services, asking for a place to live. And we don't know where the housing is. We don't know how to find it. We don't know how to coordinate to make sure the right people are accessing the right units. And so the transparency aspect um, brings Chicago home is a critical piece in solving this problem. Yeah. So I, I do want to add that um, one of the things that we're working on at Shy is the Accountable Housing Anti-Discrimination Ordinance, which will create transparency for the wait list for all affordable housing across the city of Chicago and create registration sites across the city of Chicago and aldermen's offices and with organizations that do social justice work and housing work so that uh, people can be aware of what existing housing there is. Mm-hmm. And it empowers the Department of Housing um, to do an audit to make sure that we're not creating any segregation and that those funds that are being used to actually fund affordable housing are actually being deployed properly. Yeah. We'll have to leave it there for now. That's Don Washington of the Chicago Housing Initiative and Amber Smock, Vice President of Advocacy for Access Living. They're giving their reactions to Mayor Johnson's plans for housing issues in Chicago. Thank you so much for joining us. That episode of Reset was produced by Max Lubers and edited by Dan Tucker and Ethan Schwab. Listen to more conversations about education, politics, arts, and culture by subscribing to the Reset Podcast. And when you do, make sure to leave a quick rating and review so that more listeners can find our show. That's all for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll chat again this afternoon.